Good morning. Yes. I'm much more excited than I was in the last show. I should start this episode with a small apology, like any good show starts. Apology. <laughs> I wasn't feeling very well yesterday, and I felt like I let my the way I felt physically affect the way I felt on the show. You got to fight through that. Right. And I didn't do it. And, and this... This Hornets win over Oklahoma City, which we're going to talk about here in a few moments, helped re-energize me, mm-hmm. along yeah. with lots and lots of medication. Because you could say that that stormy thunder cloud that you're under just moved on. The clouds parted. I okay see what you did there, and I see what you did there. You, you used, used said you the used, same thing I said. Well, you but you used to explain to the listeners if they didn't get it. You used. The name of the team as a pun. Did you watch the game last night? Actually, I did, and uh, yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was it was fantastic. I did. Can I say this? You can. Uh, obviously, you don't know what I'm going to say. Best was it during the best stretch of basketball, like flawless third quarter. They were playing. Perfect basketball, and in the middle of a perfect Hornets basketball stretch, MCW missed a layup. There's some things. There's some things that are consistent. Oh, look who it is! Yeah. Speaking of consistency. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, the Dark Knight Residential Group. How are you, D? Good. What's up, dudes? We're just being excited about this. Hornets win over Oklahoma City that we're going to talk about in a few moments. We've got Double M15, Danny in the chat. Danny saying, whoa, Dasani. What's going on, dude? Dasani. You got uh, Steve's got the Dasani in here instead of the LaCroix. You know, uh, what I love more than a LaCroix is a good value. I love a bargain. <laughs> and the Dasani is just... You the- have no loyalty except to the almighty dollar. My loyalty is to is to the sparkling beverage. I'll take I'll take really anything. Harris Teeter brand, not bad. That's right. You've brought that in before. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I don't like though is the uh, the Soda Stream doesn't do it for me, and I would be saving Buku bucks. Oh, making your own soda water. Yeah, I don't, I'm not into the artisanal aspect of it. <laughs> the the bespoke. All right, let's start this show and talk about a great uh, Hornets win in Oklahoma City. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. I'm Doug Branson. I cover the Charlotte Hornets for FanRag.com. And I'm joined from the mean streets of Cotswold. He's been covering the Hornets for AtTheHive.com since they were the Bobcats. The man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Throw it back to the Bobcat days. Just when you think you may have it worse, there's somebody that looks worse than you do. Good morning. Good morning. And to my right, he's also covering the Hornets for AtTheHive.com and SBNation.com. Steve Bob Forrest. Hey, uh, David, did you just... Did David just sub subtweet me there with the somebody's always looking worse? It may have been. Mm. I think he was talking about Oklahoma City, but I think it could also apply to you. 
Or I thought he, I actually, what I thought he was talking about was Rufus, Rufus Link's RIP. That's right. And his sweet Oakley blades that never came off. He's not, he's just on a farm somewhere. <laughs> we are coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. This episode brought to you by our friends at the Knight Residential Group. Visit them online, nightresidentialgroup.com. That's night with a K or give them a call, 704-733-9566. They're not just any construction company. Uh, they are the Knight Residential Group. Plus, we've got... T-shirts, mugs, all kinds of merch that you can uh, purchase for a Hornets fan that you love on tpublic.com. I'm going to show you the uh, store here on tpublic.com. You just search Locked On Hornets, and you can, uh, especially for fans of this show, a lot of kind of inside jokes. you got the Buzz City Frazier shirt, the Buzzamania shirt. We've got a a cool Hornets on Fire T-shirt that you can buy for any Hornets fan. Also, if you use the link in our uh, in the description of this show, in the show links, uh, you can buy it for any fan. How about a Kristaps Porzingis shirt there on T Public? A lot of interesting ideas. There's a there's a Kristaps shirt. I couldn't find it before we started this show, but there's a great Kristaps shirt that uh, is the Krispy Kreme logo, but it says Kristaps. Mm. I want that shirt. So if you want to buy me that logos. shirt, a lot of good logo play on, on T Public. If you want to buy me that shirt, the the T Public yeah, I like the Kristaps Krispy Kreme. The Porzingis Patagonia mashup. I mean, while it looks real nice, I, I'm not quite feeling the uh, the crossover there. Oh, that's real nice. Oh, that's real nice. All right, should we? All right, we're going to talk about this OKC game first, if that's okay with you, gentlemen, and then we will also discuss the news that we got about Cody Zeller's injury update. But that's that's tough news. I want to I want to start with good news on this Hornets victory day. What do you think? Victory Tuesday. I'm I'm here for it. Let's do it. All right. Hornets get the victory over the Oklahoma City Thunder. Final score, 116-103. Let's jump around the panel. Then we'll hear from uh, the guys on the live chat. The uh, the Nest will go to them as well. All right. 116-103, the final score. Big win for the Hornets. David, what did you see? So I particularly enjoyed the fourth quarter where the Hornets scored 40 points. That just hasn't happened. The third quarter. They, they yeah, what I say? The first? The fourth. <laughs> David's on it. I knew it was one of them. All right. Well, they, there was a quarter where they scored 40 points. I, I didn't mean to say the third, so I'm glad you guys are here. Um, yeah, oh, they I should see. do that more because uh, it worked out really well. And the shooting <laughs> for the Hornets returned last night. Marvin with a massive game. All the starters in double figures last night. I mean, we'd be remiss if we did not mention um, the mess that is the Oklahoma City Thunder, but when you need a get-right game and you come up against the Thunder, that's just that's just good timing. So the Hornets will obviously take whatever they can get at this point. But, I mean, an overall performance from everybody that played, um, you know, one of the better offensive performances we've seen in quite some time. They had an opportunity to get right against the Golden State Warriors when they were down several players and could not do it. This time they closed the deal. Steve, what did you see? Yeah, that's true. And a perfect timing, like you said, David, because uh, we got the Rockets coming up next. And I, so we're going against a team that wasn't, uh, you know, they're the closest to the Hornets. I think the Thunder were in, in terms of just can't, not being able to get right lately. Um, it was kind of a loser leaves town match, in my opinion. Like whoever, whoever walked away from that game was going to have a stern talking to uh, in the locker room, I, I think, or just 
<laughs> they need, needing to turn things around, but we definitely needed a win uh, going up against the Rockets. That's going to be a tough one. Um, as far as last night, you know, that was that third quarter was flawless. Uh, that was a really great stretch of Hornets basketball. That's one of the things that's kind of frustrating about this team is that they look amazing sometimes um, when everything's clicking. They're they're going really good. One thing I will say that I noticed. Over the last little stretch, and it's encouraging to see him get more time as Travion Graham's development as a 3 and D guy because that, in my opinion, is, you know, that's like the most valuable position almost nowadays aside from having a superstar, right? There's, there's a shortage of those guys in the league. There's not enough for every team, and every team needs one. We don't really have a true one, but Toom's the closest thing. But, you know, his D has slipped. He's, he's banged up this year. MKG never developed into that guy, obviously, on the three side of it. So if that if he can turn into that guy, which he sort of looks like he's he's becoming, um, that would be an amazing development. He can definitely steal some more minutes, and I want to talk more about him in a moment, but we have to mention what really was the turning point for this game, and that's three-point shooting. They shoot 52%. That's a season high. 25 three-point attempts. That's important because that's the goal that uh, Steven Silas, acting head coach, has set out for this team, told the team they need to be shooting at least 25 three-pointers a game if they want to be successful offensively. It's also the first time they've shot above 40% on at least 25 attempts since November 11th versus Minnesota. So that's uh, more than a month since they've shot it well and shot it enough and so that was very important uh, for them. Uh, Marvin Williams, again, continuing his great three-point shooting season, four of five from beyond the arc. Kimball Walker got it going as well, three of five, hit a very important shot in the fourth quarter that I want to discuss as well. Uh, Jeremy Lamb was two of seven. He's struggling with his three-point shot right now, but he hit that, yeah. that first one from deep that I thought really gave the Hornets confidence. They started, what, 17-7 to seven in that game, uh, got up on the Oklahoma City Thunder late or early, and it allowed them or helped them uh, to close late. And then also we mentioned Travion, three of three from the field. So let us know what you want to talk about here on the chat in this game. I want to go to... We're going to go to Daniel first, who says, great win, but it also felt like an outlier game. Can't expect them to shoot that well. Some of Lamb's range shots had no business going in, though I'm glad they did. David, did it feel like an outlier game to you or a sign of things to come? That's what I was going to point to. It kind of reminded me of that Orlando game where, yes, they got a win. They played better than their opponent, but they immediately turn around and in that case faced the Warriors. Now, as Steve Bob said, they have to go face the Houston Rockets, which is going to be a whole nother test. So, I mean, it, it's an outlier right now because they haven't done that all year. You know, the three-point shots have not been falling like that. You did mention Lamb, Doug. I, I wanted to ask you guys because over the last 10 games or so, he's down below 30% shooting the three ball. And you saw some of those last night, like late clock situations where he was just heaving them up. But, I mean, he was a big key for them early on in the season, scoring, especially from three. If that goes away – you know, knowing the struggles they have, what kind of hill is that going to be to climb? Well, it's difficult right now, right? Because you you have Nick Batum who is ailing as well and that elbow affecting his shooting. So you're not getting much effective range shooting from the shooting guard position. That's been difficult for the Hornets to overcome and been a big part of why they haven't been able to shoot effectively from long range. So they definitely need him not only to find his stroke when he's part of the starting unit, but when he goes to the bench as well, I mean, it's important for both yeah. Lamb and Kaminsky uh, to be consistent with their three-point shot. 
he is dinged up a little bit, so maybe that's affecting it. But again, that's over the last ten games, the shot's kind of fallen off. What do you guys think about Batum in general? I mean, he just, he doesn't look right to me at all. He looks slow. He looks no. like like it's it's more than just the arm and the shot to me. I don't know. What do you what are you seeing? No, He's I think it's 100%. definitely the injury. I think it's affected his shot tremendously. I think that elbow, it's a very painful injury. I think he came back too early. Right. I think that... Like, uh, it kind of looks like he shouldn't be out there to me, is what, is what well, I'm he thinking. Was, yeah, he wasn't out there in this game. They're they're uh, kind of game-to-game game with Nick Batum at this point, and, and maybe there should be consideration about holding him out even longer to try and get him healthy. But if if there's no chance of that, if he's just going to have to manage pain throughout the season, then, I don't know, I mean, if there's no long-term concern, maybe you don't shut him down. I think that's got to be a decision between the team doctors and, of course, Nick Batum. Uh, but it's it's definitely affected his season so far and, and, and may continue to affect it uh, going forward. Want to take a second to tell you about Knight Residential Group. They are an all-inclusive residential construction company right here in Charlotte that specializes in high-end custom construction. We're talking about brilliant interior renovations, immaculate custom-built homes. If it can be built, then Knight Residential Group can have it done for you. With a combined 165 years of construction experience, Knight Residential Group believes in doing projects with meticulous detail using the highest standards. Use Knight Residential Group and you can be sure that you're going to have a pleasant customer experience and you're going to walk away with a beautiful home. Don't trust your next custom home project to any construction company. Use the group that we trust. Call them at 704-733-9566. That number again, 704-733-9566. Or visit them online at nightresidentialgroup.com. That's night with a K. Join so many other current homeowners right here in Charlotte and allow Night Residential Group to provide you with your forever home. This is Locked on Hornets. We got a couple of rookies here. I got David spreading fake news. Guess what? Four championship games in a row. Continuous success, sustainability. I've got Steve Bob not plugging in his headphones. Which I would love to see JaVale McGee, uh, you know, get out there on the ice velodrome or whatever you call those things. This is a professional show we're trying to run here. Only on the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, we're talking about this win over the Oklahoma City Thunder, 116-103. to Only the Hornets' second road win. Very important for this Woo-hoo! team's future to start winning some road games. And uh, winning games in general, I-, I think, would be good. This sends them to 10-16 and 16, uh, on the season. And uh, as we said, it- it's-, it's a tough road for the Oklahoma City Thunder right now, but there's a lot of talent on that team. Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, all, all capable of all capable, exactly, of taking over a game. And the Hornets did a great job of managing all three. And Russell Westbrook, guys, despite scoring 30 points in this, I thought Michael Kidd Gilchrist did a great job in the first quarter and the third quarter, forcing him into tough shots. He was 2 of 7 in the first, 3 of 8 in the third. Got a lot of his points against that bench unit. MKG, I I thought, did a fantastic job of, of limiting... Russell Westbrook's effectiveness, and and I think that was a key to the game as well. He's a dog. I love MKG. It's the one of the most frustrating things about his career to me is that it just like the stat sheet kind of lies about him on defense sometimes. 
Like he just he plays great D, and then dudes still get a ton of points sometimes. And then he gets he gets baptized by by Russ on that one fast break. Yeah, but that's dude. okay. Because but after that dunk, as they pointed out on Sports Center this morning, twenty two to two run after that dunk. And MKG last night, guys, four by four by four by four. Ooh-wee. Yeah. Wee. Is that uh, four turnovers in there? What was that? That's a quad quad. Nah. That, we got a quad quad steals there. Points, steals points. Assists, rebounds. I'm gonna go with that. Dave, quad, quad. that's Dave. That you'll is, get this is, reference. <laughs> let me uh, let me slide in here, Dave. That's where yeah. when you get dunked on like that, that's where you hit him with a scoreboard. You just point to the <laughs> scoreboard, my man. Now you'll still you guys, be embarrassed. You guys still, you guys still use scoreboards when you play? No, no, not at all. Uh, four assists, I think, the big deal for Michael Kidd Gilchrist because he's one of the uh, lowest on the team in terms of assist percentage. It's just has not been part of his game this season. Mid-range jumpers have been a very big part of his game. Transition points, he's been a one-man fast break. That's been a very effective part of his offensive game and, of course, his defense. But he has not been really moving the ball a lot. When the ball finds him, it it usually stays with him and he takes a shot. So I think that's going to be important to their ball movement as well. Maybe it's something that they're starting to see and starting to explore. Hopefully you see that continue, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, because I mean, his ability to quickly drive by someone can often influence a defense, move them around a little bit. And if he can start finding shooters or, or start finding Dwight Howard underneath the rim, then that could be a very effective thing for this Charlotte Hornets offense. Want to go back to Trevion Graham because he had a fantastic game in this one. 20 plus minutes, four of five from the field, three of three from beyond the arc, 12 points, also had two rebounds and added an assist as well. I'm pretty sure Graham has put Dwayne Bacon maybe on the bench for a little while, stealing some minutes from Bacon. He's done the thing that we've all been waiting for him to do, which is hit occasional three-point shots to go along with that tough, mistake-free defense that we've been seeing him play. We got a little taste of this when he was uh, very good in summer league before succumbing to an injury that sort of affected his rhythm going into this season as well. Uh, Plus, he played a little point forward, initiating the offense and finding Marvin underneath the rim uh, for a uh, for a basket bounce pass looking like LeBrevion Grames out there. Wait a second. <laughs> you don't, you're I'm not going to let that one breathe. You're not, it's LeJean Brains. You're not, you're not about LeBrevion Grames? That's, we should have just said a LeDoug Branson James. <laughs> that, was, that was a forced... Effort, but I'll give it to you because uh, man, I love All right. I love Travion. I, we they were looking for things to root for this season, and like I said before, that's that's a development I'm very interested in. Let's send it to Kimball Walker see if he can do a better job of explaining why Travion uh, had such a great game and why he's so important to this team right now. He's just he just he just a great basketball player. He knows everything that we do, always in the right spots, offensively, always makes the right plays, and he's always ready. You know, if he doesn't play 15 straight games, if he gets his his name called, he's he's ready and he produces every single time. So, you know, we we need guys like that. And um, if we can have more guys like Trey, that would be great. More guys like agree, Trey. Agree. <laughs> decode that for me, David. More guys like Trey. Yeah, more, more guys that can guard multiple positions, can hit the open shot when they have it, and don't make mistakes. I mean, that's the biggest thing you're seeing from Trevion. That's why everybody loves having him out there right now. He's just rock solid, you know, doesn't overextend himself on defense, doesn't get himself into bad situations. And then, like you saw last night, a four-point play, you know, knocking down open threes. 
Yeah, I'd say he's got to be the first guy off the bench for the foreseeable future. He's just been too solid. And right now, this team needs everything, but they really need guys they can depend on to go out there. And he's shown that, that he can do that. I mean, that's the one thing that's been consistent with him. Um, he's just not making those mistakes. Big matchup in this game, Dwight Howard versus Steven Adams. Steven Adams, a physical force underneath the rim. Uh, there were some questions about how effective Dwight Howard could be on offense. Steve, what did you think about that matchup? Who got the best of who in that one? Yeah, apparently the OKC fan base was was really upset. They're just all in on Adams now. They're just like Adams. Yeah. Is, they're not doing enough with Adams and which more like, Adams. Yeah, he's kind of their guy over there. Um, yeah, I mean Dwight's been great. Dwight has been really good um, the whole season for us. Honestly, I mean he's he's been doing everything that we thought he could and uh, having a great season. It's unfortunate that it just it's one of those things that doesn't seem to be swaying the rest of the team. Like I think opponents are are kind of okay with letting Dwight get his, you know what I mean? Like that's a that's a fine offensive game plan for to play against uh, right now. But uh yeah, I mean he's he's looked great and uh to Kemba's point, I think that that's a actually a great insight by him because that's the one thing Travion a lot of these guys come in like Monk cuz comes in for 3 minutes a game or something and he can't do much. Travion is always used those minutes really really well um i remember last year i was doing a lot of the the tweeting for at the hive and his the vcu fan base was electric like they would retweet something there'd be like 200 retweets on a travion graham thing because people just love him he's just a guy who gets out there if he gets two minutes if he gets 20 minutes he's gonna put it all out on the floor all right, 23 points for Dwight Howard, seven rebounds, uh, nine of 13 from the field, five of seven from the line. Uh, David, only one turnover. This was a fantastic game for Dwight Howard, uh, but you wouldn't know it from going on Twitter. It feels like there's still a lot of, still a lot of Dwight hate rolling around Twitter. Yeah, I'm not sure how you watch this game particular in particular but most of the whole season here and not be overly pleased with what Dwight has brought here you know everything we heard out of Atlanta and if you followed Dwight all in his career you know there's been some ups and downs but he's been kind of the steadying force behind this team this year and yeah it hasn't resulted in an overabundance of wins for this team and they're and they're fighting to get back into the playoff contention but I don't think you can lay all, a lot of that at the feet of, of Dwight Howard he definitely changes how they're going to play, you know, and he definitely changes some of the ball movement at times. But he's been so effective. And last night he just – he ate Steven Adams' lunch. I mean, he owned the paint all night. He he hit closeout buckets down the stretch, which, you know, you're not going to see that every night. But I, I don't see how you're mad at Dwight this far into the season. I go to Dwight House. Right. Dwight's one of those guys, though, where the idea of Dwight Howard has long, you know, surpassed the actual production of him. You know, he wasn't bad in Atlanta last year either, but it's like a guy like Nick Young or something where, you know, people are just like, I know who that is. I, I'm not going to change my opinion on him ever. Meta World Peace. Yeah, but I feel like he's undervalued almost now. I, I mean, agree with you. People are starting to turn heads now. You know, he's been pretty good so far this season. I will take, I will take wasted possessions from Dwight Howard over a wasted Miles Plumley. No, absolutely. I'm not I'm not disagreeing I will with you take guys. a He's I will take a great. Dwight Howard over the Roy Hibbert Spencer Hawes era. I, I think you have to look yeah. at this. You have to look at this in relative terms. Yes, 
there are going to be there are going to be times when he turns the ball over and that's frustrating. There are going to be times when he misses free throws down the stretch though he is shooting the ball a lot better from the line. Yes. But there are also going to be times, like you saw late in that fourth quarter, when he's able to help put away games, when he's able to snag an offensive rebound that extends a crucial possession or grabs a tough defensive rebound that takes away a second chance opportunity for the opposing team. And, you know, we got a question here on the chat. Is Dwight having an all-star season? I don't think so, but I also don't think that's the point. I don't think the Hornets necessarily need him to have an all-star season to be better off than they were last season. I actually think he is, but he's not going to get it if the Hornets have this record. You know, if, the, if we were third or fourth, I think he and Kemba would both absolutely be in. That The all-star thing now is, is very much representative of your record. It's the reason why Kyle Corver and Jeff Teague got four Hawks in that one year because they they had such a good uh, record. I just want to be clear, though. I I agree with you guys on Dwight, and I think the national media, surprisingly enough, has has been giving him some shine, rightly so, uh, on his good play. I was talking more about like NBA Twitter and stuff, just like the casual fan is over him. And that's a shame. They're not watching, you know, the production that's going on because he's having a great season. And I'll say this, too. I think that good shooting covers up a lot of sins. You know, when the team's not shooting the ball very well around him, it's going to highlight some of those possessions because you, when you're not shooting the three well in, in today's NBA, you absolutely need every other possession to be extremely effective. That's the whole point of shooting a lot of threes is because one three is, you know, better than, than a couple of twos. And that's the thing yeah. you've always needed around Dwight is you need that's shooters. That's when he was successful in Orlando. Exactly. It's kind of surprising he's, he's doing so well for us right now yeah. with with the dearth of shooting around him. That's always been the blueprint. I mean, that's what Stan's doing with the Pistons right now. I know they're not playing that great at this moment, but, you know, the Drummond. But that's Drummond. He's going to be an all-star problem most likely. Absolutely. Drummond plus shooters. I mean, it's yeah. like it's a thing that works, but you kind of need almost every other guy on there to be able to hit a three, and we're running out lineups like that one with MKG, MCW, and Dwight. It's like that's just not going to work that's too well. <laughs> and I'll yeah, say and this. Uh, if, they, if they can yeah. get more shooting around Dwight, then I think his production will go up and, and he could be in that all-star discussion. The reason I say he's not now is part your reason that you know the, the NBA is changing. It's tougher for big guys, traditional big guys like him to, to get love, to get shine enough. But he is he's getting positive press. But if you look at his production year over year, he was actually he was actually more efficient last year in Atlanta than he has been this season, though it's his best it is, shooting season of his career. Though it is improving. Those are his best field goal percentage, and it's like thirteenth year. It's uh, it's incredible. So yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. have to see. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll have to see how this continues. But uh, you know, and I think it's still going to be tough for him to get into the All Star game uh, with the, the current makeup no of the NBA. But uh, it, it's I think you know I, I just think that some of this uh, is is unfair relative to what they they were going to have to deal with had they not made the move. I, yeah, I think if you are against Dwight at this point you didn't like the trade maybe and you're you're just trying to stick with that but like I said there, there's positives and negatives and there's stuff that you know could be better with him there out there on the floor but I think if you're highlighting all of those and then you're just discounting the rebounds I mean the double doubles the way he controls the paint and affects other things in there that's a, that's a bit unfair to Dwight so I, you, you got to be overly honestly you have to be thrilled with what he's brought to this team 
this year because he's, he's changed their outlook a little bit. And maybe they're still trying to figure some of that out. I mean, Doug, you mentioned getting the guys around them. I, the, the starters all played 30 minutes last night. Um, and that's – I haven't gone back and looked, but that's not something you, you typically see. It really felt like Silas was trying to get those guys in there. Doug, I think you mentioned he kept them out a little bit in the second, so it allowed him to play longer maybe. Kevin yeah. played the whole third quarter. I think that was key. We we need to give. I think I think you got to give Coach yeah. Silas some props there. Yeah. Uh, for for a playing and sticking with Travion Graham, but also he sticks with the bench in that second quarter, even though Oklahoma City had started to filter in Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. He trusts that second unit to hold the lead, and to the second unit's credit, they did. Even though they didn't shoot well, they they stuck with it on the defensive end. Something that this team has struggled to do yeah. at times. And and then uh, that allowed them to play the starters deep in the third quarter. And I got I got to mention one more thing before we move away from this game. What I thought was the most important play in the entire game came with a little over five minutes left to play in the game. Let's roll the tape. Kimball Walker uh, getting trapped and then just stepping up and knocking down a three point shot over defense. And the reason that this play, I think, was the most important play in this game is because it came after an Oklahoma City 11-0 run and after a Russell Westbrook steal and dunk that absolutely lit the Oklahoma City crowd on fire. And how many times have we seen the Hornets go on the road and lose a game to Boston, to New York, to Chicago, because they let the crowd get into it in the fourth quarter, go on a run, and not be able to stop it. Yes, the Hornets had a little bit more of a cushion that they than they did in some of those games, but I think that Kimball Walker really ended that game right there in that moment. And the problems that the Hornets have had in closing these games out have been amongst everyone. It hasn't been just... Jeremy Lamb. It hasn't been just Dwight Howard or Nick Batum. It's been everyone struggling to knock down open shots, including the captain, Kimball Walker. So I think this just goes to to show more evidence of how important this game will be for the Hornets moving forward. Whether it's an outlier in terms of their three-point shooting or not, they had to get this game for their confidence. I called it a crisis of confidence in the last show. And the Hornets veterans, the Hornets starters, stepping up in a big way to get a huge win over Oklahoma City, 116 to 103. Yeah, that minutes thing, too, is important because in that Chicago game, the overtime game, all, you know, the four starters basically, I forget which guy didn't, but all over like 42, 43 minutes, they played almost the entire game. And it, you're getting diminishing returns at some point, especially with Kemba. I think he's a guy that just his 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 returns go so much down when he's tired. So this is locked on Hornets. Our boys got to go Cobra Kai. We got to go '80s villain defense. Grow a goatee. Do the uh, gladiator stab him real quick in the ribs before have an the Eastern game. European accent only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We've already done a ton of giveaways this December. We've given away tickets to multiple games. We've given away this guy, this uh, Frank Kaminsky bobblehead, and we're not done yet. David, we've got a very special giveaway. We've got floor seats, floor seats to Friday's game against the Portland Trailblazers, and they could be yours 
Thanks to our friends at Discovering CLT on Instagram. Go to Instagram and give at Discovering CLT a follow and a like, or excuse me, like the contest post that they're going to post to enter to win these floor seats to the Portland Trailblazers game on Friday. Discovering CLT has the best images of the Queen City, and it's a great way to keep up with what's going on in Charlotte. And you also want to follow us on Instagram at Locked On Hornets because that's the best way to follow the Hornets on the Gram D. <laughs> Graham. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you got some. That's what the kids say, right? I was, yeah, I was feeling a little bit down. I'm sorry. It affected me a little bit. I just, I posted a picture of the old Charlotte uh, Coliseum uh, <laughs> imploding. <laughs> and that was it. See, you guys get it. It's not a <sighs> visual medium. I can tell. I can tell you stories about it. Just apropos of nothing, shout out that uh, stadium implosion, the Atlanta one. Oh, with the ah, bus in front that's of it? Gotta, that's one that, that kills me every time. The Marta coming through in the clutch. <laughs> it's um, so hey, guys, how about uh, Travion Graham? Instagram. Let's get that nickname going, Ooh. baby. Oh, coming off off the bench. <laughs> Let's make a t-shirt. All right, oh, I'm out of here. Real nice. Oh, that's real nice. Man, okay, well, part of the reason, David, that you were probably down in the dumps and wanting uh, to uh, wanting to post pictures of implosions is because of all of these injuries that the Hornets have been having to deal with. Now, they did get a little healthier last night getting both Frank Kaminsky and Jeremy Lamb back in the, into the rotation. But one guy that they will be without for a little while longer is Cody Zeller. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski was the first to have it, reported yesterday that Cody Zeller will undergo a surgery to repair the torn meniscus that he suffered in last week's game against the Golden State Warriors. He's expected to miss six to eight weeks. Zeller is averaging 20 minutes per game this season off the bench. His field goal percentage has seen a little bit of a dip this season from 57 to 49.5%, but his blocks and offensive rebounds have seen a slight uptick. David, uh, thoughts on the news about Cody Zeller's injury? That's a tough one, man. I mean, what the fuck are you doing, dude? He's just injured, man. It's okay. okay. Look, injuries happen. He didn't want (laughs) to get injured, okay, David? uh, Sorry, guys. I just had someone jump out in front of my vehicle. That's uh, that was unforeseen. Well, this is. I'm glad you. I'm glad you. Did you see it in time? I think is the most important thing. Yeah, you guys go ahead and take this one while I cool off back here. This right. is an action pack. This is an action adventure. <laughs> Chases are happening. I don't know what's we going on. We about just became evidence in a, in a court case. Uh, no, uh, here's what I want to say about the Cody Zeller injury. It sort of, I, I think, I'm no doctor. I'm the Surgeon General's warning. I'm not a surgeon in general. But I will say this, that this timeline sort of matches up with the the meniscus procedure that you that they call shaving off. The meniscus sounds sounds disgusting to me, but it's when the the meniscus injury happens on the outside, similar to what happened to uh, Kimball Walker a few seasons ago. You see this a lot. A meniscus, it's a pretty common injury amongst NBA basketball players, and uh, sometimes they have to go in and repair the whole thing if it's a severe tear, but if it's just a minor tear to the outside of the meniscus, sometimes they can just remove it. And and then they're back in six to eight weeks. I'm not saying yeah. that that I'm I'm a little. This is educated speculation. Sure. My, I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm saying that the timeline is consistent with that kind of thing. Six to eight weeks, not bad. You you've got players in Cody Zeller and Nick Batum who want to be on the floor. That they're they're, they're they, and this is an important season for the Charlotte Hornets and an important season for both players. And you know Cody Zeller coming off the con, signing the contract and Nick Batum. 
uh, not playing overseas because he wanted to focus on his NBA game and prove himself. And uh, they're both coming back on short timelines. What does that do to the long term in terms of their career? And, and how does it affect their ability to stay on the floor uh, throughout the season and be effective once they return? Those are important questions to ask and important things to, to monitor. And I think we'll, 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 we'll keep an eye on that, especially with Batum, uh, who has really struggled uh, since his return from that elbow injury. David, are you okay? I'm okay. I'm just I'm 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 searching out these young little punks that stepped out in front of my 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 car. I'm at a full stop now. I, I'm just these, googling North Carolina traffic. These powder. youths. Dave, David's going full Grand Torino over there. <laughs> Ma- minus the racism, I hopefully. Yeah, okay. for sure. Always. Always, always minus racism. That's the Locked On Hornets promise. <laughs> That'll do it for us here on Locked On Hornets. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Make sure to give at Discovering CLT on Instagram a follow to win uh, or to enter to win a chance at getting some floor seats for this Portland Trailblazers game coming up. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets and shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow with a preview of Wednesday night's game against the Houston Rockets. For David and Steve, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm sharp. Ooh.